0: Section 43, Dim Outlook. I am tired of looking at all the stuff on the screen. Yikes, it is overwhelming. But boy, it is like a gold mine. Me, an email about early outlook to a member of the team. When we started the 9496 plan, Office was Word, Excel, and PowerPoint. And for about half the customers, the Access Database in the premium edition, Office of Professional. By the time we shipped Office 96, we added two entirely new products, FrontPage, acquired from Vermeer Corporation for website creation and Ren and & Stimpy, the code name for what would become Outlook for email and scheduling. It is rather remarkable in hindsight that by some measures the Office product nearly doubled in size and complexity along the way. Bringing two products into Office proved to be equal parts learning and terror. And my first experience dealing with the role bundling plays in our business execution. Through the whole Office 95 product cycle, I was maniacally focused on all things internet. One of the fastest rising uses of the internet turned out to be the oldest, and that was email. Microsoft tended to view email through the lens of the nascent yet growing server business because of Exchange Server still under development in the Workgroup Apps Team, WGA. With the release of Windows 95 and our contribution, WordMail, Exchange Server was front and center for all of Microsoft and the growing enterprise business, and still a year away from release to the public, but deploying inside Microsoft and a few select customers. Being a server team, the end user experience for the product would characteristically receive less attention from WGA. The Exchange-created mail client program, Windows 95 Inbox, previously Capone, but still called that in discussions, and the calendaring program called Schedule Plus, which itself was ported from the legacy MS mail system, constituted the Exchange clients. None of these clients, client as in client-server architecture, were particularly good at connecting to internet mail. The industry, in general, had a blind spot for internet mail. New entrants like Netscape were the exception, as everything at Netscape was native to the internet. Lotus Notes, the primary competitor for Exchange, was aggressively building in internet capabilities, and they already had successful products in market, including a big launch of internet connectivity at their conference and the backing of IBM ownership. Surprisingly, within the Workgroup Apps team, there was a second mail client being built with the code name Ren & Stimpy. Originally, the team planned for two releases, ran a lightweight product to include in Windows, followed by a more full-featured product, Stimpy, to include potentially in office. Work had been going on for quite some time already. Brian McDonald email Brian Mack, leading the team was legendary in his ability to project a monstrous and all-encompassing vision for a project and recruit and rally an ever-growing team to go after the vision. Brian was well-known within apps, having created Microsoft Project, from a startup acquired by Microsoft in 1989. Project was used to manage timelines and resources for big projects such as construction. Project was one of several market defining and significant revenue generating products from an expanding roster that were often overlooked in telling a story of the success of the apps business. Sometimes people with Brian Mack's set of skills, their aspirations grow faster than their execution. Perhaps through no fault of their own, they find the product positioned between one or more teams who alternatively believe they are competitors or depend heavily on the product for their own success. In the case of REN, the shorthand name, it was clear the team achieved a combination of these. The REN vision was extremely broad to encompass the whole of daily work on a PC, from mail and contacts to scheduling to tasks to including and managing your files and even custom business apps like Lotus Notes could create. It is this breadth that at once caused it to become an essential part of every team's strategy and also a competitor. Without having shipped a line of code and without anyone outside the team, even close to using the product, Ren had become central to most every conversation within Microsoft. When Ren wasn't licking the proverbial cookie of some team, it was the cookie being licked by another team. Ren was heavily dependent on exchange features and performance. Ren also bumped up against, or surpassed, features in Inbox, Capone, and Schedule Plus, Windows Explorer for managing files, and that successor called the Cairo Shell, competed with Lotus Notes, and even Excel because of the pivot table-like views the UI had for creating data stored in Exchange. Yes, this was a confusing lot and pretty painful to attend any meetings on these topics. Was REN partaking in cookie-licking or was it going to deliver was a common theme that meant groups had no problem articulating plans that bet against REN. In other words, there was no shortage of pessimism about the product to counter its own expansive vision. While we had not made any packaging choices for the Office product, in the later part of 1994, the REN team was moved to the desktop apps division, specifically within the Office product unit, OPU. Adding an entire product to OPU was awkward as our mission was shared code. But the state of the product was such that it would benefit from the hands on management that would presumably come from Brian Mack working side by side with the rest of us in OPU. As an alternative to Capone and Schedule Plus, Ren was clearly going to be integral to the success of Exchange. Early on, however, there was a great deal of resistance within the workgroup apps team to an outside group that did not understand the intricacies of the email server being so core to the success of the product, as we learned building WordMail. Yet the server team's focus and execution on clients remained a relatively narrow expression of the space, aiming to expose the server functionality in a somewhat linear or pedestrian manner. Meaning a focus on email messages, not a general database as both Bill G and Brian Mack were pushing. RAN had much grander visions for taking advantage of all the server might possibly offer in ways the server team had not really thought of doing, something experienced frequently by platforms. The product team that most immediately placed RAN in the crosshairs was the even larger and more ambitious operating system, Cairo. Cairo was a fundamental rethinking of the operating system from the ground up, with two aspects of it that ran up against Ren. The challenge here was not aligning products or technologies but how to foster an alignment when both projects were so exceedingly early and ambitious that really this was less about one code base pitted against another and more about one slide deck pitted against another. Cairo aimed to reinvent interaction with the desktop, files and folders, and programs. This new model, an object-oriented shell, encompassed two third rails in one description. First was the buzzword object-oriented. As I learned in C++, this was a phrase that meant everything or really nothing, depending on your perspective. When it meant everything, as it did to Cairo, it meant that it was likely whatever Ren was doing was doing it wrong. There was going to be many OS techniques that Ren should take advantage of that were entirely different than available on Windows 95. That's what reinvention is all about. Navigating this would be quite difficult since much of Cairo didn't exist yet, and Ren was trying to sync up with Exchange Server and also Windows 95. The concept of shell as one place for everything is essentially what the desktop is on an operating system or on today's mobile phone's home screen. Since it is the most visible part of the OS, it receives a lot of attention, especially during reviews and evaluations. In practice, most customers who aren't tech enthusiasts, see the shell as a place to launch the programs they care about and copy files around and not too much more. As an OS-first company though, Microsoft and Bill G were very much shell-first in thinking. This meant that Ren's self-described mission to be a shell was important and thus would bump up against the actual operating system. Every team aimed to be a shell. In tech evolution in general, each mini epoch can be thought of as a time when all software generally converges to one type of application. In the early days of the PC, basically everything became a word processor. Most all programs are about typing in some way or another and would add features over time to be better at typing, spelling, printing support, fonts. With GUI, most every application aimed to become a shell and a place where other programs could be launched and files opened. The Microsoft Office shortcut bar is an example of this, as was the investment in the overly featured file open dialogues across most commercial software. Future epics would be defined by convergence to web browsing, later photo editing and sharing, which became a routine demo joke during the early 2000s when it seemed like every product demo at the company meeting showed photos. And late in 2010s, every product eventually became a text-based messaging product. The online version includes some screenshots of the evolution of the Windows shell over time, including Outlook. The second rail was that Cairo had an entirely different underlying storage model where mail and other data should be stored. So again, even before getting too far down the process, the REN team was doing everything either twice correctly or once for the present and incorrectly for the future. This dilemma routinely faced Microsoft as during this period of rapid expansion, Things are being duplicated at many parts of the company and with varying levels of execution capabilities. The Ren versus Cairo struggle is not unlike so many of the classic struggles at Microsoft, which could be summed up as asking the question, why did Microsoft have two or more groups trying to do the same thing? To outsiders, this can look wasteful at best or plain stupid at worst. To insiders, this looks confusing and strategically lacking. Basically, everyone in the collective teams just thought the... The executives were clueless and needlessly torturing everyone. Oh, to be young again. To the execs, they knew what they wanted. It was the sum of the work across all the teams. They might have wanted the user interface skills of the apps teams and the server programming skills of the server division, but had no way of doing that easily. The naive view was just to create a team with all those skills and let them go at it. That was what almost everyone in product teams argued for, but to execs that created a ton of organization friction, not the least of which was even deciding where to put that team. Frankly, there's enough experience to know that even if you created a whole new team with all the valued skills and perspectives, wherever the team lands was going to be the high-order bit of the team and determine its fate. Something I came to appreciate as I gained experience was that organizations are not a substitute for strategy. In fact, the organization ultimately defines what the strategy will be. Capone sitting in the exchange team guaranteed a minimalist mail client that expressed the viewpoint of the server as an example. Years later, I would often approach strategy questions being debated through the lens of potential reorgs by asking rhetorically, tell me the outcome you want and I can craft an org. Knowing that was exactly the decision execs didn't want to make. Usually the answer to that was something in the lines of, the teams will work out the optimal solution to which I would reply seriously, not rhetorically, Tell me who will manage the team and will know the decisions they will make. Even though that was right, it could be frustrating. With such a grand vision and sandwiched between two groups, Rand had an even bigger challenge, and that was just executing. There was simply too much to do. Chris Peters, master of shipping, was asked to manage the Ren team and help find a way to get it to ship with the Office 96 product release. In the best of circumstances, this would have been a crazy challenge to our team already had too much to do, and the urgency Chris P was asked to inject into the team was not welcome. Rather, the Ren team continued to expand its scope, further raising the eyebrows of both WGA and Cairo. Once Ren was moved to office, it was going to ship. That instantly became the higher order bit. In office, we shipped, and strategy and vision were scoped to shipping, not ever expanding. That was going to frustrate some, including the Ren team, but putting the team in Opu determined the next steps. As parting, moving Ren to office, part of the Cairo team also moved to office. That was really Bill G hoping those magical Cairo features would just ship sooner or at all. While I'm sure some people believe that could happen, I was certain that moving the team to office made the actual outcome abundantly clear. Moving the responsibility for developing REN to desktop apps made sense as it could compete with SmartSuite on the desktop, leaving Exchange to compete with the server and Notes. Still, this was controversial since the strength of Notes was that it combined both a server and a desktop client in one integrated product. In a sense, it was taking a contrarian view of competing. Having a distinct client and server communicating over a well-defined API rather than having an integrated client and server placing code where it made the most sense. Or it could be viewed as relying on the strength of the Office desktop versus Smart Suite. Would the email client pull in a new set of productivity tools for Lotus and IBM? Or would the leaders in productivity tools be able to pull through a new entry to mail servers with Exchange? Chris Peters and I developed a get focused management approach that was both straightforward and uh, rather gutsy. Since I would be on the front lines in daily weekly cross group meetings to downplay the expanding visions, we developed a series of questions that we would have at the ready every time the REN team looked to be slipping out of get done mode and back into vision mode. We called these the Get Serious 7. One, is it 100% compatible with Capone? Two, is it 100% compatible with Schedule Plus? Three, is it 100% compatible with the Chicago Explorer? Four, What is the working set memory usage when using it to read mail, when using it to browse files not logged into mail? When is it going to be used by all of Office, all of desktop apps? What are the code complete, zero bug release dates and beta dates? Is everyone running and testing RAN on Chicago? Does it browse the FAT format for files? Does it browse the Cairo OFS file system? There was nothing magical about these questions as they encompassed the Chris P and Dad methodology and also represented the claims the Ren team was making about the product across the company. In that sense, this is rather straightforward. The details not make much sense today since many of these features never made it. But the idea was to constrain the vision talk and emphasize the execution talk. A second action, and a really gutsy one, was to add a person to the mix. Chris Peters asked Jody Green, email Jody G., the longtime Word engineering leader, also cafeteria table mate of mine from years ago, and a fantastic project leader to take on a role as the development manager for Ren. The thing was, there already was a development manager and the org was not going to change. Jody was looking for something she could take on part-time where she could use her expertise without the overhead of line management. So in a sense, this was a perfect match. Jody convinced herself along with support from all the OPU managers across Dev, Test and PM, to sign up to be the adult supervision, or a spy, depending on your perspective. The truth was, she was going to be an asset to the team if they could just realize it. Jody and I often talked about the challenges, the lack of specification, the churning of ideas in code, and general as- absence of discipline. The team was in a situation that we saw all too often in both version one products and projects that did not feel the hunger to get to market, but were seeking perfection. The enemy of the good is the perfect. As a version one product, REN had all had its share of trying to use all the latest tools and techniques. REN was the first big application to be object-oriented and to use C++, and even started from my old MFC libraries. There was nothing inherently wrong with that. In fact, I was super proud and excited, albeit a bit nervous. But when you're already long on vision and short on execution, these become evidence points, and worse, part of the blame game in the hallways. It is worth noting that the Ren team was made up of many people who had shipped a lot of products, but something about the vision and leadership had caused an expanding appetite for vision. The plan was starting to work. And after a few months, things really started to solidify. While Jody deserves a huge amount of credit for putting herself in the middle of the team as an influencer, she drove a more refined team culture and helped bring them into the desktop apps fold. As one might expect, Projects that churn and change a lot also begin to fatigue the team or at least create some frustration or friction. One engineering leader in that camp was Don Gagne, email Don GA, new to Microsoft, but with 20 years of experience at startups, shipping software, growing companies and more. He joined with significant experience in the email space and had risen quickly to become the go-to leader of the team. With Jody from the outside and leaders like Don from rising from within, Ren began to look more and more like it could be part of Office 96. The depth of features in Ren was kind of mind blowing. Early in the product cycle, after using the product for a brief time, I sent Andrew Quatnitz, the user interface leader for Opu, a note bemoaning my exhaustion in using the product because it had so much stuff on the screen. While that sounds like an insult, I also said it was a gold mine. I wondered though how customers would react when the vast majority of them were not yet using email and almost none had email in their corporations. Email growth was, however, exponential, and with Exchange driving that, there was an enormous opportunity for Microsoft. The online version includes my email note to Andrew. Ren not only had a very feature-rich email capability, such as the new inbox that showed the first few lines of email messages, and incredibly rich scheduling capabilities, including delicate access, numerous views for day, week, month, work week, time zones, and more, a host of other modules, including a rudimentary task management, little yellow sticky notes, browsing files in Windows, and even a kind of journal that kept track chronologically of all the work going on in Office. Beyond that, the user interface, for lack of a better word, was object-oriented. Every one of those features could create custom views of items that worked like Excel pivot tables or display items in a calendar, for example, tasks viewed in a calendar or even drag and drop to create email messages, such as dragging a task to a mail message to mail a task to someone. Beyond that was a whole new user interface element called the Outlook bar, which was like the Office shortcut bar, but inside Outlook for switching between different modules of Outlook, plus tons more features. The Outlook bar itself was the subject of intense debates and endless consternation over the design and whether it had enough The product was a fountain of snazzy, but incredibly difficult to discover demo features. The online version includes a video demo of the Outlook bar, as well as screenshots of the Outlook Journal and advanced features such as searching for messages and a host of other screenshots. While all of this was going on, the big competitive issue for desktop apps and Microsoft in general remained Lotus Smart Suite. The resurgence of Lotus Notes arising from IBM's aggressive acquisition of Lotus in late 1995 put a spotlight on the enterprise threats facing Microsoft. Competing with Lotus Notes became much more of an issue for Office. IBM's enormous Salesforce selling notes for workgroup and email with SmartSuite on the desktop would be formidable and scary. Ren was christened Outlook after an elaborate and expensive search for a product name. The marketing team defined Outlook to be in a new category, Desktop Information Management, or DIM. This somewhat puzzling choice was the source of endless puns uh, from groups that did still bet against Outlook ever finishing. In moments of frustration, the exchange team loved to remind me of dim Outlook. The online version includes a screenshot of Outlook with all of its beauty shown. It's really exhausting. I was worried. Shipping is difficult in the best of times. We were behind in Office 96 with an original ship date of early 1996, it was becoming clear that even making 1997 was a challenge. Blaming Outlook would be easy, but incredibly unfair. Across office, we had too much work to do. The question was not, however, if we would finish, but simply how late would we be? Still, I was not immune from worrying. Outlook would be the long pole, as we would say, with respect to shipping. Outlook was the first of several newly created products used to not grow new businesses, revenue streams, but bundled with Office or given away for free, depending on perspective, to sustain the existing business. Jim Barksdale, the CEO of Netscape, was famous for his comment, there are two ways to make money in business, bundling and unbundling. Microsoft and Steve B in particular, were squarely on the side of bundling new capabilities into our existing efforts to sustain them and deliver more to customers. Much like the strategy versus org question, the bundling question is one that had easy answers when I was young in career, and over time, the answer became more subtle and nuanced. At this moment, I was decidedly against bundling, but entirely for operational reasons. I was just worried Outlook would slow us down while dramatically increasing memory requirements. Additionally, without Exchange Server, Outlook was all but useless. It would not be until later that rudimentary support for even the basic internet mail protocols would get added but many of the core demo features of the product required exchange, which was exactly the point strategically speaking. The other naive perspective I had was that if we wanted to grow the business, then clearly selling a new product for real dollar price was better than just giving it away for free. Given that Outlook wasn't useful for most customers, or so I thought, how could a free product grow our business? Our old friend exponential growth is important here because the growth in mail was so explosive that the idea of email not applying to customers would be dated and plain wrong less than a year after shipping. What I truly failed to grok, however, was the role of having an incredibly simple and efficient message for an expanding army of salespeople. The cost of adding a new effort to sell Outlook was enormously high and didn't scale around the world like I might think it would as an engineer in Redmond. Having a simple message, office, everywhere, is something that scales the couple of SKUs that were there just to fill the basic price points and offer negotiating leverage for sales, but the message everywhere was Office Pro. Guess what sold? Office Pro, lesson learned. This lesson would really hit home to me just a bit later when I visited the newly opened Microsoft Vietnam subsidiary. The general manager met me at the hotel and we took a scooter to the office. It was a single open space in the capital city. When we entered, the whole office was lined up to greet me, all three people, and the general manager. After introducing ourselves by name, he smiled when I asked who worked on which parts of the business. I was expecting abstract assignments like public center, enterprise, small business education, and so on. Instead, he proudly pointed left to right. Windows, office, and our administrative assistant. Back in those days, a GM could add a person to the subsidiary for each $1 million in sales. Owing to the recent success of the business, the administrative assistant was recently added. I wish I could say that lesson would cause me to love bundles. The choices became more difficult over time as the pressure for incremental revenue increased in the face of slowing sales to new customers. That didn't change the complexity of selling something new or the pressure to develop whole new products. It did make the debates over packaging choices much more lively. The early packaging choices, Word, Excel and PowerPoint and later adding access and outlook were so enormously successful that it tended to confuse later decisions in the market Word and Excel were undeniably successful, each on their own, and in many ways supported PowerPoint, at least for a while until PowerPoint gained equal footing. And later, Outlook, in achieving success, being required client for exchange, and also included at no extra charge, whether customers bought Office or Exchange, as IBM was doing with Notes, helped everyone, customers, sales, analysts, and reviewers. From the product development perspective, the challenge we faced was an inability to understand market success with such a strategy. Was the whole product winning? Were we winning just because of sales and marketing? What was the right way to measure winning? Was winning about product reviews or customer satisfaction, or was it much more about the efficiency of pushing a product through a new sales channel? These challenges added to our complexity to plan and deliver features and products while coordinating releases with sales. We had a great deal of work to do to ship and learn how this decision played out. What we knew now was that Outlook had a lot of features. It was a new puzzle piece in the Office family logo. Outlook was going to ship everywhere Word, Excel, and PowerPoint shipped, just as email was exploding. If we were right, then Outlook would have the potential to redefine the suite. If we were wrong, Outlook would be an albatross that could impact the adoption of new versions of the core money makers.